Last time on Stone Cold Mysteries. I can't believe that the Fort Myers police force was so happy with us finding Mr. White's killer that they told us that we had to come to his funeral. Well, you took down a six-year drug operation. Here's your room key. You even have a nice view of the beach. The Vic is Dahlia Goodwin. Goes in and out of relationships all the time. We also know that the most recent boyfriend was a professor's protege at the local museum. I don't think he was the most recent boyfriend. I found this in her pocket. A business card for a doctor's office. This address is for a place called Mother's Cooking. There's also a date and a time there as well. For tomorrow at noon. How did the girl die? It was cyanide poisoning. I could smell almonds. Her skin was almost purple. I would assume that this is the murder weapon. A half-eaten sandwich. We just wanted to know what your relationship to the deceased is and why you two were out here. I'm her sister. She told me everything about anything. We were out here because she wanted to tell me something. I thought it was a marriage proposal from the museum boyfriend. Who made the sandwiches that you two indulged in? Those specific sandwiches came from a cafe in town called Monday. She bought them yesterday or this morning maybe. She might have thought that the museum boyfriend was her last boyfriend, but I'm still sure this doctor was the most recent. Dolly and I haven't been together for two months. You can watch me interrogate Dr. Lewis. I believe he's the killer of Nostalgia Goodwin. Right now, I'm waiting for my girlfriend to come. She's dead. She had a lunch date with her sister, so I helped make her food for yesterday. Lunch? I helped her make breakfast. She told me that her sister was getting lunch. I picked out a nice wine and appetizers for her to tell her sister to get, but that's it. I broke up with a girl named Carol a few weeks ago when I found Dolly. I could care less about Carol. The picture is getting queer now. I know exactly what happened. I, I just, just solved the, the case. case. Now we return to Samantha Stone and Detective Steele claiming that they have solved the murder of Dahlia Goodwin. What, what do you mean you solved the case? case? I, I did. did. No, no, I did. Ugh. So who's the killer? Carol Word. Goodwin. Fred Carol Word. Godwin? You must, must be crazy. crazy. That's, That's not, not who killed Dahlia Goodwin. Goodwin. You know what? We You're won so the revolution. You no can't one bring wants that up. you. No one wants you here. Oh my God. Stone and steel glare at Shepard. What? Ugh, look, this is getting bothersome. How about you two just tell us what happened, one at a time, and then we'll go from there. Well, obviously it was the girl's sister, Carol Goodwin. She killed Dahlia because she was stealing her man, the doctor. She had all the means to do it, poisoning her sandwich since Dahlia didn't actually make lunch, like Carol said. And Carol was angry at the doctor, so she framed him. Carol must have made the sandwiches beforehand and then poisoned the sandwich after it was made. Once it was made, she asked Dahlia to meet her at the beach before lunch, asking her to prepare the wine so that if we asked the doctor, he would have had to tell us that Dahlia and the doctor made some of the lunch. If we got wind that he had any malice towards the provocative sister, then we would have blamed him, saying he lied about making the lunch, so... That's all well and good, but where's the poison, huh? If you don't have any evidence on Carol, then you can't blame her. If she did kill Dahlia, the poison is long gone by now. Besides, your conclusion could be right, but I'm not sure it is. The person who killed Dahlia was Fred Worth. The doctor just said that Worth sent death threats and confronted Dahlia many times, so obviously he lied about it when I asked him. And Dahlia was a rude woman, dropping men left and right. It's a wonder she didn't have any more men out for her neck. And the lunch doesn't matter. The witness said she got them from Mother's Cooking, so she could have gotten it without the doctor knowing. Well... I guess I could... No! No, nuh-uh! You're insane! Absolutely asinine! I'm asinine? You're the one going around speaking in a stupid accent and playing detective. Why, you little... Hey, there's one way to settle this argument. How? Shouldn't we go to Mother's Cooking? That's how we'll settle it, right, Chief? Actually, yes. Nice, Charlie. If we go to Mother's Cooking and see who bought the sandwiches and ask the cashier some questions, then we can see if Steele's deduction holds water, or if Stone is right about Carol committing sororicide. Fine. May the best man win. Oh, she will. Let's go. Stone, Shepard, Charles, and Steele catch a carriage to Mother's Cooking. Hello, can I help you? Yes, we were wondering if Dahlia Goodwin came in here yesterday morning to buy sandwiches. No, I can't say that she did, but her sister Carol Goodwin, she came in yesterday. Those two came in here all the time, so I know them pretty well. Carol Goodwin was the one who came in yesterday for the sandwiches. She mentioned that her sister and her were going on a picnic at the beach. She looked rather distressed, though. Her face was pale. Thank you. That's all we need. Ha! I told you! Gah! To be bested by a stupid tea drinker? It was the competition, I say. I couldn't think with you three bumbling about. Face it. 
You underestimated me. I wasn't going to let something like this cloud my judgment. Not again. Well, I guess all that's left is for me to kill myself. Can't let Daniels know I got something wrong. He'll never let me hear the end of it. Oh, quit being so melodramatic. I'm sure Daniels will let it slide. I let it slide when Stone did the same thing. Oh, stop pitying me. Come on, Miss Stone, Chief Shepard. Let's go nab the killer. Stone, Shepard, Charles, and Steele catch a carriage to Carol Goodwin's house. Go away! Open up, Goodwin! We need to ask you a few more questions. Goodwin? Ugh, stand back! Chief Shepard busts down the door and all four rush in. Carol Goodwin tries to stand up in alarm but falls back in her chair. Her head lolls about. I, I told you to go away! It smells in here. Look at all the bottles around her. You're completely jagged. What are you doing? Nothing. It's nothing. It's, it's nothing. Now go home, stupid police force. She was going to kill herself. Look, there's a bottle of arsenic in her hand. This woman got drunk just to kill herself. Why? To ease the pain, I suppose. I can see that. But why kill yourself? Don't talk about me like you knew what I was doing. But it's true, isn't it? You felt guilty about killing your sister. Charles takes the opportunity to grab the poison bottle from her hand. Stupid kid, get that back! She tries to rise, but can't. I suggest you stop talking. Steel is right. I started drinking because I wanted to kill myself. I, I thought it wouldn't hurt so much if I was drunk. Why? Because I killed my sister. She made me so mad. All she did was steal every boy I was interested in. Then when I actually got a boyfriend, she stole him too. The worst thing was that she acted like everything was okay. Like she didn't even know what she was stealing them. So I killed her. But after it was done, I thought I'd feel better. But all that happened was I got guilty. I loved her. I shouldn't have killed her. So I'll take my life too. Now give me that bottle. No, you'll face the judge. I better get Daniels over here. Steele finds Carol's phone and calls Daniels. Shortly after, Daniels arrives. Wow, you solved this case so fast. Miss Stone, Chief Shepard, why are you two here? And the kid? We were just told to come by Steele so he could show us how you guys investigate in America. He did a good job, I can tell you that. You can take Carol Goodwin away. She killed her sister. What? All right. We'll take her away. Good job, Steele. Cover, boys. Daniels and the police leave with Carol Goodwin. What do you mean I solved the case? That's what I want to know. It's not like you to give up a win. Mm, you said Daniels wouldn't be too happy, right? I let you save face. No big deal. Besides, you did realize why she was drunk before I did. Just go on. Well, gee, thank you, Miss Stone. Maybe Londoners aren't so bad after all. Just do better police work, sport. (laughs) 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 Do you feel like bear? Do people run in fear when you walk down the street? Then get filament fillers, hair removal cream. Go from bear to fair with one simple product. With less burning sensation and sweet scent. Become the sleek, soft goddess or clean-cut gentleman you were always meant to be. Don't be fair, be fair with Filament Fillers Hair Removal Cream. Girls! Girls! Watch out! Watch out! There's a two-legged animal running about. If it smokes a great big cigar And it hangs around at a bar If it tells the biggest lies Where's the loudest eyes? It's a man If it acts just like a cross patch Has a face with whiskers that scratch If it's stubborn as can be mean and ornery It's a man If it walks If it talks If its habits are a little bit peculiar If it brags and tries to make you think it's wonderful Be on the lookout Don't let it fool ya But if it makes the moon up on high More than just a light in the sky If it kisses you and you find you like
like it to grab it It's a man If it whistles each time you pass Owns a car that runs out of gas Then it's time that you get half Better watch your step It's a man If it acts just like it's the boss When it knows that you are of course If it gets a little rough Thinks it's very tough It's a man If it walks If it talks If its habits are a little bit peculiar If it brags and tries to make you think it's wonderful Be on the lookout Don't let it fool you But if it's kneeling down on one knee Saying, darling, please marry me Then don't hesitate, better name the date And then grab it Hold it Hang on to it For it's a man Are you trying to host a fancy party? Does your tableware look poor? Do you want to make good impressions, but you only have plastic silverware? Then get yourself a pair of Rich Fork Formal Wear from Silver Ink. Just slip this napkin onto the silverware, and it instantly turns any fork, spoon, or knife into a sight to behold. I never did like my silverware to be naked. So when I got this item, I was about as happy as a tornado in a trailer park. Never again be ashamed of your tableware with Rich Fork Formal Wear. WCUG Cougar Radio presents the 8th episode of the radio drama Stone Cold Mysteries. Please pay attention for this show is interactive. It is nighttime, shrouded in the festive air of Berkshire, England, December 23rd, 1890. We focus in on a dark night being illuminated by illustrious ball gowns and dapper suits. The who's who of the United Kingdom are gathered together at the annual Christmas ball that is held at the Windsor Castle. A sparkling red ball gown is worn by the fair private investigator, Samantha Stone, as she walks arm in arm with the handsome police chief, Carter Shepard who's wearing a sleek black tuxedo. As she tugs on her silk gloves, Samantha Stone feels an ominous premonition that this ball may turn bloody. Will the floors be stained red with murderous intention? Or is this all a part of an investigator's homicidal imagination? Well, let's tune in and find out. Invitations, please. Miss Samantha Stone and Chief Quarter Shepherd. Yes, sir, that's us. Right you are. Go on in, then. Stone and Shepard walk into the ballroom after being patted down by a royal guard. I'm surprised you decided to come to the ball this year. Why? Because this is the first time in five years of us being invited that you decided to show up. That's because it requires you to have a date, Shepard. And every other year I wasn't quite fond of that. You can let go of my arm now, Shepard. Are you sure that's the only reason? Because I'm quite sure it dawned on you that I was meant to be your date to this. You weren't dateless. All right, fine. I never came because I figured it was a waste of my time. It would be boring dealing with all the petty and pretentious rich folk of the United Kingdom, and I'd have to be nice to everyone. It's hard being a highly observant and blunt person. So then, why'd you come to this? Well, uh, (laughs) I just thought maybe it was unfair for me to make you have to stay. I guess it's not every day you get to see the Queen and things. Right. Well, I have always wanted to meet the Queen. But we are on the lower end of the who's who. You know that, right? We'd be lucky to even see her. The only reason we are here is that our precinct is the number one precinct for solved cases in all the United Kingdom. We solve more cases in a week than others can solve in a month. Not to toot our own horns, but you're absolutely right. We are the shining stars of police work, Shepard. So we've made a name for ourselves. We are the only coin British folk that have made it here by invitation. People look at us and say, Hey! Aren't those the only two peasants that actually get invited here? We're famous! The way you say it, I'm sure this sort of famous is a bad thing. But I suppose being the first and only commoners that are invited here is something to be proud of. The best thing about it is that we surprise all the folks here. They think we can't look good or afford the right attire. But on the contrary, we look rather stunning. Yes, compared to the rest of the United Kingdom. 
But compared to the folks here, we aren't nearly as expensive. We will do, though. Well, I think you're the most beautiful one here. Shepard, what do you mean? <coughs> I mean, if it's any consolation, I think your dress is the best. You have to believe you look like a million shillings for others to believe it. Oh, you mean a false sense of reality? No, I mean looking on the bright side, not being judgmental. Besides, we are here to have fun. No police work, no investigation, no on-duty police chief. Just fun. So dancing, talking, and non-alcoholic drinks? If that suits your fancy, then yes. Well then, Shepard, I'm glad you're here. In this sea of idiots, I'm glad that I have an intelligent human being by my side. And I know what you said, Shepard. And you look really nice as well. No one is dancing currently, so I think we should make our way to the free food and drinks first. Don't you agree? Yes. Stone and Shepard walk over to the bar. What would you two like? I will drink anything as long as it's virgin and good. Same. So water, because I'm not going to try and guess what you two want. Why not? Aren't you two the commoners and the famous police chief and detective? If I mess up your order, then who knows what my employer will do to me. Come back when you have something in mind. The bartender hands them both waters. Stone and Shepard go over to the food. Stone gets some fruit. So, you were right. We are famous. But I was also right. Not in the good way. How is that bad? She knew who we were, right? The famous commoners. The famous commoners that are so low. If our palates aren't happy, she could be fired. She didn't want to serve us on the off chance we wouldn't like what she gave us. So, we raised the bar. From what? Rock bottom? If she messed up our order, she'd be below the absolute bottom. Oh, come on, Stone. What does it matter anyways? Besides, I'm sure our standing isn't that bad. If we were rock bottom, then why would they invite us? A few laughs? No, because we actually mean something. The bartender might be fired, but it's not like we can be uninvited or something. Besides, they've been inviting us for six years now. That is true, but I feel so out of place. All we're here for is to eat and be merry, not some investigation. What's the point for us to be here, alone and ostracized? To have fun. We are here to have fun. And we're not alone, we have each other. Don't think about it, okay? Let's just live in the moment, huh? I suppose you're right. It is nice to have a break once in a while, and one that doesn't consist of Charlie. Don't get me wrong, I love him, but I do need some time for me. The violin music changes pace, and couples start moving to the ballroom dance floor, getting ready for the waltz. I don't think you've ever cut loose, though, but I think we have the perfect opportunity. Do you know how to dance? Of course I know how to dance. Any proper lady knows how to dance. The question is, Mr. Police Chief, do you know how to dance? <laughs> I guess there's only one way to find out, huh? Shepard extends his hand towards Stone. She smirks and grabs it. Shepard leads her to the dance floor. We're going to survive the judging glares of the wealthy. Then we are going to have to show them we're a force to be reckoned with. Then we must hope that you can keep up with me. The waltz starts. All the couples move in synchronized flowing movements. Each step is perfect, each spin memorized. Shepard and Stone dance beautifully, not missing a beat. You surprise me sometimes, Shepard. When did you learn how to dance? Shh, don't talk. Just trust me. The couples continue to dance in an entrancing motion. The rhythm of all the couples on the dance floor are perfect, melding together like they are meant for each other. The music starts to conclude as Shepard spins Stone out like the rest of the couples and brings her back in. The final beat results in Shepard dipping Stone. All of a sudden, a man bumps harshly into Shepard, leaning onto Shepard's back. Okay, pal. I know we are the lowly commoners, but you don't have to be rude. I don't think he's doing that on purpose, Shepard. Look! Shepard lifts Stone and himself back up and the man rolls off his back onto the floor. They both look and he is foaming at the mouth, dead. Close off the castle! Nobody gets in or out! We have a murderer on our hands! People start screaming and scrambling around as the royal guards quickly block off the doors of the castle, guarding it, making sure no one escapes. Looks like we were needed after all. Is your furry friend feeling ill? Do they just need a checkup? How about just a good grooming? Then come on down to Pets so we can treat your pet right. 
Once we look over your pet, we will give it a good washing down for free. We are the best vet in town, so come on over with your furry friends to pets. The right vet for your pet. over the body while Shepard has managed to get everyone to calm down. Thank you for your cooperation, folks. I know this is disheartening, but the more you stay calm, the faster this will be over. Stone, what have you found out? A lot. But before I get into it, does anyone know who the poor chap is? He's my husband. My, my, my poor Richard. <laughs> she tries to go over to the body, but Shepard stops her. <laughs> I'm truly sorry, ma'am, but you can't mess with the crime scene. Can you tell us your last name? Smalls. Our last name is is Smalls. Richard Smalls, eh? Aren't you the family in Wales that owns a large shipping company? The woman nods. So did he have any enemies? Why would someone murder him? I I don't know. He was always a a kind soul. He always knew how to please people genuinely. He was just so nice. No one hated him. (laughs) So then, what have you found, Stone? He was poisoned. Obviously. How? A blowgun. There's a small dart lodged in his neck here. It was probably coated with some type of poison that could kill a person immediately. It also looks like he was shot from the balcony of the ballroom. The dart is lodged at an angle. It makes sense, though. You can shoot a person easier and with more accuracy in a crowd when you are above them. Which part of the balcony? I believe it's that one right there. Top farthest, right side. The angle of the dart, how the man fell on you, where he was standing, and the trajectory of the dart proves it came from that balcony. Okay, so then we have to go up there and investigate. And ask the royal guard who gets to be up there in the balcony and which one of them exercised their right to go up there. One of the royal guards, not guarding the doors, walks up to Stone and Shepherd. I think I can be of service here. There are ten people, not including the queen and the royal guard, that are allowed in that balcony. Out of those ten, only four people decided to go up there tonight. And those four are? That would be Anna Tanner, Roy Baldwin, Stanley Beck, and Louise Brewer. Is there any way to get to the balcony without the guards knowing? Not in the least. 
every staircase, balcony, floor, and door is guarded by at least two royal guards. And we also do a full sweep of the castle every day to make sure there are no breaches in the castle walls or anywhere to sneak in. Long story short, these four are the only ones who went up there tonight. So why are those ten allowed in the balcony? Well, each of those ten are pillars of the United Kingdom. They are the top dogs of the who's who. The balconies are the VIP place for them. They are the ones who sometimes get to meet the Queen due to their overwhelming performance and gratuity to the community of the United Kingdom. Yes, but one of those four aren't as wonderful as you make them out to be. Please gather those four people while Shepard and I investigate that balcony up there. But you two aren't allowed Do you see any other police figure or detective in this room that can figure out the murder of a very wealthy individual? No. Then let us do our job. But I could lose my job. What? Your job? Well, how much more would you lose if you were the reason one of your guests got away with murder? You'll be the one held accountable for this crime. Just wait till the Queen hears about this. One of her whelps decides she doesn't care that a man died, so a murderer is on the loose. Yes, I don't think it's your job you should be worried about. You do fancy your head, don't you? The guard shakes her head vigorously. No, no, don't tell the Queen, please. She bows and goes to gather the four. Stone and Shepard go up the stairs to the balcony. What exactly are we looking for up there, Stone? I'm not sure, but we do need to find any evidence possible. Those four down there certainly have the assets and the means to do a good job of murder. That's why they had the blow dart. But a human is still a human. And if you've been fed with a silver spoon all your life, you're bound to be sloppy. So look for sloppy. Stone and Shepard go up the stairs to the balcony. Look at this. I found a torn slip of paper on the ground. Looks like a receipt. It was something bought today at some store in Birmingham. I suspect that it was to buy the poison the needle was coated with. I also found something. It looks like a cufflink. Why would a cufflink come off a person's suit? Aren't these folks wealthy? I'm not sure why, but this is a pin cufflink. And it looks like the pin is bent. I bet that's why it popped off. There's also a letter B engraved on the back. I bet it's the last name or first name. Then I guess we can cross out the two ladies. Not necessarily. I'm assuming this was premeditated since the killer used a blowgun, so the ladies could have easily left a cufflink here to frame someone else. That is true. But look here, Stone. Shepard goes over to a small table that has two chairs sitting beside it. He points to the right one. I think this chair was moved. There are some slight scuff marks around the floor. That was probably used to set up the window to steady the weapon. It looks like the left chair was sat on as well, although there's no scuff marks around it, so it wasn't pulled out like the other one. Oh, wait, Shepard. Look, underneath the curtain. Shepard opens the curtain and a blowgun clatters to the ground. The murder weapon. So that's how the sneak was going to get out of here without being caught with the weapon. But the real question is, how he got in here? We were patted down, you know. Yes, but the blowgun can be dissembled into four small pieces. The killer could have easily put it on their legs in some fashion, and the small dart in a pocket, or in one of the gun pieces. Didn't you notice that the royal guards got tired after so many folks walked through that they only patted down the tops of a few people? No, I didn't. But the tops would be the easiest place to carry a weapon, and the blowgun isn't exactly common. But the killer was lucky that they didn't pat them down fully. Isn't that risky, though? What if the guard did do the full pat-down? Then the killer would have been caught. But I'm thinking the killer banked on the guards getting more tired through the night. It wouldn't surprise me if they figured that out and came here rather late to exploit that human error. Why would the guards get lazy, though? Isn't that a terrible thing to do while being on the job? Aren't they hired for being especially thorough? Yes, but I'm guessing the royal guard didn't count on the rich folk to have a murder plan, especially not the ones that are VIP. Oh, wait... That's right. What is it? I actually noticed only ten or so people not get the full pat down. That has got to mean that the only people not fully patted down were the very trusted VIP folk. Which means that the guards didn't think that the VIP would go off the deep end. That means the people who went up there could have easily hid the blowgun. We should go back down and question the suspects. So far, we know that the killer used a blowgun with a dart coated in arsenic. The blowgun can be dissembled and it was put on someone's leg. Someone is missing, or placed, a cufflink. Someone moved the chair to sit in, and a person about 5'4 through 5'6, and they bought something from Birmingham today. The two start walking down the stairs. Wait, arsenic poisoning? 
When did we come to that conclusion? Yes, arsenic. It's a poison that can kill instantaneously, that most everyone knows of. The only other common and instant poison is cyanide, but I didn't smell any almonds around the victim. Besides, arsenic is pretty easy to find, and you can buy it in almost any pharmacy. It's not illegal to buy either. But the Arsenic Act of 1851 makes it so that when you buy arsenic, there's a paper trail. Just a paper trail. It's still not illegal to buy or sell. And people aren't naturally saints, Shepard. Give a person a chance, and they'll most likely choose the opportunity that benefits them. That's why there's crime. So you're suggesting that these rich folks could bribe the seller and get the arsenic without making a paper trail? Exactly. And that receipt we found may be the paper trail, but it was also ripped, so we don't know. Anyway, arsenic is also an instant killer, so if it was shot directly into the body or bloodstream, the person will die. You know, foam at the mouth, keel over, done for. Fair enough. But can you be certain that the poison was instantaneous? I'm almost certain that it was. Don't you think the wife would have told us that he was complaining of feeling ill, or he would have made some sort of a fuss? Being poisoned isn't exactly pleasant, Shepard. Also, the symptoms definitely show the signs of arsenic poisoning. Alright, so that means we just have to find the person who was up there last. Easier said than done. A murderer isn't just going to tell us when they decided to pop up in the balcony. Do you think we should give the room the once-over, just to make sure we didn't miss anything? No, I think we found everything. Besides, if we still haven't gotten enough from the suspects, we can always return. Alright. I feel that this night will be a long one, and a bit of a doozy. Tell me about it. This is the last time I go to some royal fancy and pretentious party. Oh, come now. It was fun while it lasted, huh? Yes, but the key word is lasted. Maybe I am a death magnet. I thought you liked murders and such. Yes, but not when it gets in the way of a wonderful time. I hardly knew a time when something could be wonderful without it consisting of murder. Don't get me wrong, I would investigate all day long because I do love it. But sometimes other things are worth my time being invested in without murder getting in the way. And what would that be? We've reached the bottom of the staircase, Shepard. I think it's time we get back to the mindset of taking down a killer. So how are we going to question the suspects? We can't exactly take them to a separate room in a castle. Besides, we're on the clock here. Every second we cause these folks to sit around and wait, the worse off we are. Are you saying that just because they're rich and powerful? I don't care what these people think of us. Yes, but I and our little rinky-dink police office in London do. And so should you. How do you suppose we get so much money to be able to hire you all the time for murders? Why do you think we get so many cases, even if they aren't in our jurisdiction? That, in fact, we are specifically asked to solve them. It's because we have such a big social standing due to solving so many of them. The rich like us, Stone, and that's good. We anger them, and you might have to drop the private investigator title and become a detective. All right, all right, you've made your point. It wasn't like I was going to purposely drag out the investigation, but I'll be nice about it and use more decorum than usual. I wouldn't want to be the reason for us losing our tickets to this thing, even if I don't care too much about it. We do look better because of it. The two walk over to the royal guard they were talking with before. I've gathered the individuals. What is this about? First a man dies and now we're being manhandled by some gun-wielding oaf. Oh, come now. He's just doing his job, right? Personally, I don't understand why we're suspects, seeing as we are the pillars of the community. But we can't blame the guard. Passive aggressiveness is unbecoming. But if you want to blame someone for making you four a suspect, blame the murderer. You four are the only ones who had the means of killing the man. So I do apologize for the inconvenience, but it had to be done. Okay, fine. Let's hurry it up, then. Who's the murderer so we can mourn the loss of a friend and get on with our lives? It's not that easy, sir. We can't just know who the murderer is. That's why we conduct an investigation. So how do we do that? No, not not you, us, Shepard and I. Which reminds me, we would like to know your names and ask some questions. I'm Samantha Stone. Excuse me, Miss Stone, but we know who you two are. You are quite famous, actually. The only commoners to be able to come to the Christmas Bowl. Very impressive. Let's see if I got this straight. You're Samantha Stone, private investigator, and you're police chief Carter Shepherd from the London district, right? Oh, uh, yes. You two have been getting quite of a name for yourself, actually. Why did you decide to come this year anyway? You never come. Just decided to on a whim, but that doesn't matter. We just need to ask you questions about the murder, all of you. Well, I can't fathom how you don't know who we are, but maybe it's that you just want to make sure. 
Anyway, I'm Lewis Brewer. I came here with my son tonight because my husband has influenza. But we have a brewery that we make the most popular brand of wine and beer in the United Kingdom. It's called Sunny's. I'm sure you've heard of it. And I'm Roy Baldwin. My wife has gone to the bathroom, but we are in the food business. We dole out the finest cuts of meat, finest fruits, and finest vegetables in the United Kingdom. I sell food to the chef of the queen. All the food you ate tonight was from my business. We also sell foods that you can't get anywhere else. The labels are under our last name. I'm Anna Tanner. I'm one of the few folks here that's not married, but I make the finest clothes in the United Kingdom. I actually designed and made the queen's robes myself. The label is under my name. And I'm Stan Liebeck. I don't have a spouse either. I own a shipping and traveling company that mostly does business within the United Kingdom and Spanish-speaking countries and in Africa. The company is called Beck Wavelines. Where do you four live and what is your relationship with the deceased? I live in Dublin, Ireland. I can't really say I have much of a relationship with the deceased. I know of him because he makes it to the ball each year and I suppose we converse once in a while, but I can't say I know him. I live in Birmingham, England. Smalls is a good friend. We actually met last week to play croquet. I don't see him much due to work, though, and where we live respectively to one another. He lives in Wales, and I live here, so I'd say that the only time we see each other is when we get our schedules matched, which is far from simple. And this ball. I live in Glasgow, Scotland. I'll have to side with Ms. Brewer about the deceased. I didn't know him. Aside from these balls, we never crossed paths. I used his shipping company once in a while to get certain dyes and threads that are hard to find. I used his shipping company once in a while to get certain threads and dyes that are hard to find, but we never did those transactions face to face. And I live in Bangor Wells. I didn't know Smalls at all. Aside from these balls, we never made contact. Even here, we never talked. Even when you were both in the same business of shipping and travel? It's not as strange as you think. We travelled and shipped to other places than mine. We never had any grievances. Okay, so tell us all why you four went into the balcony and why you four are lucky enough to be in the VIP. I went up to the balcony to bring my finest wine to the Queen. I talked to her some about my business and then we just chatted. I'm VIP, as well as my husband, because of our brewery. The Queen is certainly appreciative of our gifts throughout the years and we do have the best tasting alcohol in the whole United Kingdom. We also donate quite a bit of money to allow Ireland to prosper without Avenirinus to lift a finger. I would think that would be the reason. You mean you don't know? Well, I have a feeling, but I'm not a witch or a magician. I can't see exactly why the Queen decided we were good enough to be great. That makes sense. And the rest of you? I went up to the balcony to take a breather. I told my wife I was going to talk to the Queen about our goods, but I really didn't want to dance to another song again. I'm getting rather old, you know. My feet started to hurt, so I sat down in one of the chairs, drank some wine, and, well, uh, that was it, really. I came down a few minutes later. I believe I'm VIP along with my wife because the Queen only eats the food that we sell. I went up to the balcony to ask the Queen to clarify a couple of patterns that she wanted for a new robe and quilt. I wanted to make absolutely sure she would like it. I mean, she is the Queen. And I believe I'm VIP because I make all of the Queen's clothes, tapestries, quilts, etc, etc. I also went to the balcony for a breather. It was getting a bit stuffy down here, so I took my VIP liberty to get away for a bit. I think I'm VIP because I've done a lot of shipping for the Queen, and I donate quite a bit of money to Wales to keep it nice without the Queen having to intervene. So, Miss Tanner and Mrs. Brewer... If we were to ask the Queen if you did talk to her and drink with her, she would back up your story. And you did come back down to the festivities after meeting with her. That would be correct. Ask the Queen yourself, I implore you. I wouldn't want to keep my son waiting too long anyway. So the only ones without an alibi is Mr Baldwin and Mr Beck. Unfortunately, that is correct. But you can't possibly expect me to have killed my friend. Actually, you're in the worst position since you knew the man. Premeditated murders happen between two people who know each other, and this was definitely premeditated. He could have lied. Yes, and we are keeping that in mind. We aren't condemning you. We're just saying that you're in the worst position. I already told you I didn't have any grievances with the man. I didn't kill him. That doesn't mean you aren't guilty. Besides, we have a few more questions to ask. Miss Royal Guard? It's fully. 
Well, Miss Fully, can you please get the Queen? We have to verify Mrs. Brewer's and Miss Tanner's alibi. And get the royal guard that was guarding the stairs to the balcony. I have questions for him as well. Yes, Mom. She leaves. We would now like to know how tall you are, and if you all made any recent trips out of the country in the past couple of weeks. Well, I'm five foot two, and I did make the trip. I went to America for a few days to try and sell our alcohol while my husband went to Russia. So far, our little brewery might make an appearance in both countries. I'm five foot four. And I didn't make any recent trips anywhere. I've been quite preoccupied with the Queen's robe and quilt. I'm six foot two, and I made a recent trip to South America to bring back the finest fruits I could find. I'm five foot six, and also made a trip to South America to ship some items and bring some items back. And those items were homemade goods from the natives. And have any of you made any recent purchases in Birmingham today? Well, yes, I have. I mean, I live there for goodness' sakes. Of course, I would have bought something there. Which was? I bought a new tie this morning. I'm wearing it right now. And that's the only thing you bought? I swear it. Besides, I only go out to buy things if it has to do with my attire. Our butlers do the rest of the shopping. Just ask my wife. I wouldn't have any need to buy anything from Birmingham, so that's a no for me. I'd have to second that. And why does buying something from Birmingham today matter? That's none of your concern. Is there a problem with you just answering the question? No. Then do it. I didn't buy anything from Birmingham today. All that fuss for you just to say you didn't buy anything. I didn't buy anything. There's no reason for me to. I live in Wales. Okay. I notice that neither of you are wearing cufflinks. Aren't they a staple of rich people's formal wear? Um, excuse me. Do we even need to be here anymore? I. It seems like all your questions are directed toward the men. Yes, you will need to stay. We haven't verified your stories with the Queen. Now let the man answer the question. Ah,、uh, I suppose that's true, but I never wear cufflinks. I just don't like how they sit on my wrists. I'm quite particular on some things. My wife makes me wear them for appearances, but I always take them off in a private carriage and leave them on the seat after she gets off. And I don't wear cufflinks with this suit. I couldn't find the right cufflinks to match. Stone turns Shepherd around and whispers to him, "That's a lie." What? I can see indentations on his shirt wrists where cufflinks would go. Cufflinks that use a pin. But that can be explained since it's the shirt that has the indentations, not the suit. Dress shirts aren't exclusive to the suits, though. Yes, but wouldn't a rich person have a shirt for every suit? Besides, the mark is fresh. If the mark wasn't fresh, all you would see is the little pinprick where the cufflink has been before. This mark is a full indentation. The fabric hasn't had time to bounce back into place. They turn back around. You're lying, Beck. What? You have worn cufflinks with that suit before, and for a while, you can still see the little mark on your shirt's wrists. Explain that. Uh, Carly, I wore cufflinks with the shirt this afternoon when I was trying on different cufflinks. All the cufflinks I wore didn't match my suit. I must have tried on at least fifty, so I just decided not to wear them. I suppose I can believe that. Maybe. Has life got you down? Do you need a pick me up? Well, we've got the solution for you. Doc Brown's Magic Tonic Water. Just one teaspoon of Doc Brown's Magic Tonic Water will make your whole day better. For instance, Doc Brown's Magic Tonic Water heals heartburn, indigestion, runny nose, coughing, back pain, anxiety, and even sleep apnea. So come on down to your local corner store and get your bottle of Doc Brown's Magic Tonic Water today.
of your love, loveliness. I hope and I pray that someday I'll be the vision of your happiness. Oh, oh, earth angel, earth angel. Please be mine, my darling dear. Love you all the time. I'm just a guarding the staircase, and several other guards around the queen serving as a buffer. Everyone bows when the queen passes them and rises after she walks by. The queen and the royal guard guarding the staircase before the incident, just as you asked. Miss Samantha Stone and Police Chief Carter Shepherd. I believe I was summoned here on the account of confirming a couple of alibis and answering a few of your questions about the death of Mr. Richard Smalls. Is that correct? Stone and Shepherd bow, as well as the suspects. Yes, Your Grace. It is of utmost importance if you lend us your help in this investigation, and we will only take up a few moments of your time. If you will, we would be most honoured if you could affirm Miss Tanner's and Mrs. Brewer's alibis and answer a few questions. I would be most delighted to help if it means we get one more foul soul off the streets. Now rise, all of you, and tell me what you wish to know. What did Miss Tanner come up to ask you this evening, and how long did she stay? Miss Tanner sought out counsel with me to ask my opinions on the fabric and patterns that I wanted for my new quilt and robe that she is designing herself. She wanted to make sure that I had not changed my mind from the previous inquiries she made about it. As of the length of time, I'm not positive. But I do know that when we were done conversing, she immediately went back down to the balcony and rejoined the festivities. I watched her go myself. And what did Miss Brewer come up to do with you, and how long did she stay? Mrs. Brewer wanted to dine with me a bit serving me her finest wine that she had so that we could talk about her husband's business. And after that was done, we talked about this and that, so we could finish our glasses of wine at a leisurely pace. And, as I said about Miss Tanner, I couldn't tell you how long we conversed. But after we were finished, she went right back down to the ball. That is when I decided to go back into my study to put up the bottle of newly opened wine and talk with my daughter. An hour passed, I believe, when I heard all of the ruckus about a murder. So you don't know when Mr. Beck or Mr. Baldwin came up onto the balcony? I'm afraid not, dear. All I can tell you is that Miss Tanner saw me first, and then Mrs. Brewer saw me immediately after. Thank you, Your Grace. That was all we needed. If I could talk to the royal guard that was guarding the staircase before the incident, that would be swell. The Queen nods and smiles as the guard steps forth... Yes, ma'am. When did Roy Baldwin and Stanley Beck come up to the balcony? Well, 
Mr. Baldwin came up first. He seemed a little tired and kind of hobbled up the stairs like his feet hurt. I didn't hear much from him the whole time he was up there. Besides, a few minutes later, Mr. Beck went upstairs, loosening his tie like he was tired. He also was carrying a wine glass. About ten to fifteen minutes later, Beck came down with an empty wine glass. And then, about ten minutes after that, I hear scream, and I'm being told that I have to make sure no one gets outside the castle. So, I leave the stairs and help the rest of the guards calm the crowd and close the doors. So, Roy Baldwin never came back downstairs? No. I would have remembered that. Mr. Baldwin, I thought you said you came down a few minutes after you went up there. (laughs) Well, uh... Baldwin is cut off as a woman runs up to him. There you are, sweetie. Where have you been for the last hour and a half or so? We danced to one song and then you said you're going off to talk to the Queen and the next thing I know, I see neither hide or hair of you and then all the screaming and commotion caused my brain to muddle up. I lost you and then I find you here talking to these folks because I hear whispers about my husband being accused of murder. What's going on? You better start talking. (sighs) Okay, when I went upstairs to take a breather, I fell asleep on one of the chairs near the small inn table. After a few glasses of wine and the long dance, I felt drowsy. I meant to only sit for a few minutes, but the next thing I know is I'm being jostled awake by screaming. I run down the stairs to see the problem, and everyone is screaming murder. Then some guard grabbed me, and here we are. So you lied to us? You aren't exactly in a good position to do that, you know. I know that, but I thought if I told you I fell asleep until the murder already happened, you wouldn't believe me and I'd be wrongfully condemned. And you thought lying about it would help your case? I, I, I don't know. So he did it then. Obviously he did if he wants to go lying about things. My husband did no such thing. He always falls asleep after a good glass of wine. If he says he fell asleep, then he fell asleep. We can't prove that without evidence. And you both still don't have an alibi, I'm afraid. Obviously, I couldn't have done it since I left the balcony about two minutes before the murder happened. He was the only one that was up there when the man died. So then you saw Baldwin up there? Yes, I did. He looked asleep. But I didn't care what he was doing. All I wanted to do was finish my glass of wine. That man could have been faking it when he set up his elaborate scheme to poison the man. So you think he heard you coming up the stairs and faked being asleep so you wouldn't know what he was doing? Yes. Why not? I swear I did not kill him. Look, that's what they all say. You probably wanted to get back at Smalls for something. Like what? I don't know. You tell me, murderer! Stop! Shut up! Both of you! These blind accusations aren't going to get us anywhere! Mrs. Fully! Yes, Mum. Watch the suspects. Keep them here until Shepard and I get back. I have to go get something. Yes, Mum. Stone and Shepard start walking away. What are we getting? Richard Small's wife. Why? Because we need more information to this murder. As of right now, I can't make heads or tails of this situation. It seems we are running around in circles. Both of the men seem guilty, and the only solid clue that we have, the broken cufflink with the B on it, isn't helping us, since both of their last names start with B. I guess we should ask them if they monogram some of their items. We could, but the murderer can still decide to lie if he catches wind of what we're doing. I've decided that we need some more evidence that one of them is lying. So I take it that you're going to ask the wife if she knows the suspects. It doesn't make any sense that Beck wouldn't know Smalls, seeing as they're both in the same line of business. I believe I know who killed Smalls, but we have to make absolutely sure. Then we have to face him with irrefutable evidence, or at least a bloody good bluff. Stone and Shepard walk up to Smalls' wife. She is still crying. Mrs. Smalls, we need to ask you a few more questions. (laughs) It's not... Mrs. Smalls is Miss Smalls. I'm a widow. My poor, poor Richard. Miss Smalls, please, we really need you to focus here. If we are to avenge your husband's death, then you need to stop crying and speak to us civilly so we can understand you. What do you want? We just want to know if you knew Stanley Beck. Yes, I I do. He was rival's... With my dear Richard, since he was in the shipping and travel company, naturally our businesses would bump heads. We would always clash together. We we didn't really talk much, but when we did, it was heated. 
Mr. Beck always seemed to get the most angry, saying that we stole customers and such. But we thought nothing of it. All Mr. Beck would do was yell, that, That's it. My husband and I used to be in the VIP. Since our travelling company was so great, but then Mr. Beck started to get more and more competitive, and, and then all of a sudden, Mr. Beck surpassed us and got the right to VIP. And what happened between you two? Nothing, really. Mr. Beck seemed to get less and less angry and more and more prideful. Richard said it was for the better. He said that if Mr. Beck was happy, that he would stop yelling at us. And we should be happy. He said that he never liked to see me upset over the things Mr. Beck said. He, he, He said that I was the most important thing in his life. And he would, he would give up everything just to see me happy, and and not upset over petty competition. He he was always a good man. <laughs> Miss Smalls, please. I'm truly sorry that your husband had to die. But if you don't pull it together, we can't help you. No one can help me. I'm forever made to walk alone in the void. All alone in sadness without my dear Richard! Richard! At least stay out of the void for a few more questions. Uh, Shepard, what my partner is trying to say is that I'm sure Richard wouldn't want you to wallow in despair. Take up his business and make it prosper once more and help avenge his death. You're right. That's that's what he would have wanted. Now, can you tell me if anything else happened? Well, after that, we thought that's the last we heard of the wretched Mr. Beck. He stopped requesting an audience when we became less of a threat. And then that that terrible fire happened. A fire? What do you mean? I don't know what all happened. My husband and I were on vacation. But when we came back, most of Mr. Beck's ships were burning sock. As well as his warehouse. Then what happened? Nothing really. Beck didn't do anything with us. This was a couple weeks before the Christmas ball. Thank you. That's all we needed to know. The wife nods and walks away. Stone looks to Shepard. You were right. This investigation is turning out to be a doozy. But things are beginning to look clearer now. How so? It all seems rather muddled to me. Well, let's review what we have, huh? Between Beck and Baldwin, that is. Well, Baldwin is an older fellow, about six foot two. He's in the food business and recently traveled to South America for some fruit. He lives in Birmingham, England, and bought the tie today from the store. He says that he is a good friend of Smalls, but hardly sees him due to the distance of the two and their jobs. He's a VIP member and decided to go up to the balcony to get away from his wife. He lied by saying he was only up there for a few moments, when in fact he was there throughout the whole murder, but claimed he was asleep in one of the chairs the whole time when we confronted him about it. He says he never wears cufflinks due to how they sit on his wrists, sneakily taking them off whenever his wife puts them on him. Right. And Beck is a younger fellow, not married, about five foot six. He is in the shipping and traveling business and recently traveled to South America to deliver and receive goods. He lives in Bangor, Wales, the same as the deceased, but didn't buy a thing in Birmingham, or so he says. He says that he does not know the deceased, but the deceased's wife stated otherwise. He is a VIP member and said he went up to the balcony to take a breather and drink a glass of wine. He was only up there for about 10 to 15 minutes before he came back down, and then five minutes later, Smalls was dead. He said he doesn't wear any cufflinks with this suit. Okay, so how is this puzzle clear? We went through everything, but I still can't see who the killer is. Like I said, I have an idea. But if we only had a little bit more evidence... Well, I suggest we go back to the suspects. I'm sure they are wondering where we are by now, and getting angrier by the second. You and your caring again. You act like that's a bad thing. I guess it's not, but you really should be less transparent. If you let people see through you, then they can use you and take advantage of you. Is that why you like to put up an uncaring and abrasive exterior? I prefer the notion of being shrouded in the air of mystery, but yes, essentially that is why. But that's why I'm the master of quips, because people can't seem to find ways to counter me. You do have an uncanny ability to scathingly insult every person you meet with deadly accuracy. 
but I'm not sure if that's really a thing you should be proud of. Well, I choose to be proud of it and not care. <sighs> As Stone and Shepard begin to walk back, the royal guard guarding the staircase comes up to them. Chief Shepard, Miss Stone. Yes? I just remembered something about the two men who went up to the balcony and when they came back down from the balcony. And that would be? No, wait. I bet I can guess what it is. What? You can? How? Call it a private investigator's intuition. And if I'm right, it'll tell us exactly who killed Richard Smalls. Miss Guard, do tell. Does this snippet of information have anything to do with cufflinks? Yes, I believe it does. Or at least the wrists of their shirts. Aha! Then I just solved the case. We've just been focusing on the wrong things, Shepard. Come on, then. Let's go nab the killer. Here we end the eighth episode of Stone Cold Mysteries with a challenge. Find the killer. Were you paying attention? You now have all the tools to solve the murder. Message us on Facebook at 88.5 FM WCUG Cougar Radio or tweet us at Cougar Radio WCUG with the killer, the motive, and the weapon. Tune in next time to hear the solution and to listen to another Stone Cold Mystery.